Hey, Fairborn City Manager Rob here along with Megan Howard. Hey, Megan. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. And this is the Rumor Has It podcast. Uh, if you notice, the music's a little different for this one. We didn't go with the dubstep like we did on the Government Ops. Mm. If you like dubstep, please listen to the Government Ops podcast because it's really good dubstep. It is. I'm all for dubstep. But as you know, this is a little more relaxed, a little more timely. This is uh, addressing what's happening in the community. Although. Almost as we speak. If we were true to that, it, this one should be the dubstep and the other one should have the more. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably exactly true. Uh, so what's coming up? Uh, we've we've got, uh, it's Wednesday is when we typically record these. Uh, so it's a farmer's market and food truck rally day. So talk about day. that. Yeah, we got a lot of happening downtown. So we have uh, every second and fourth Wednesday is the farmer's market and food truck rally that happens at three o'clock. So three to 7 p.m. at Main Street Commons. And we typically have anywhere from like four to six food trucks that come uh, and then all our vendors. And like right now is like perfect come to the farmer's market because they're starting to have some of the good produce, like herd rumor there's gonna have corn today. Wow. Um, so probably from here on out, there'll be some, you know, the corn, the tomatoes, the peppers, the cucumbers, you know, all the good stuff happening. Yeah, because if you show up at the farmer's market when you first open it in May and you say, well, this really doesn't have much. Well, right. that's true because there's not a whole lot that's bloomed or right. grown to the point where it can be picked and sold. So yeah. there's also flowers. There are. Yeah, there are. So you can get a lot of different things. There's also some arts and crafts. There's some food. Yep. People make some wonderful pies. There's some really good stuff at the farmer's market. We got big dudes. We have a guy that makes honey. Um, yep. There's a, a lady and her family. They actually have like an, it's an oil company. Okay. But they get the oil from the, I'm going to get this wrong, from somewhere in Greece, I believe. Wow. Like the oil actually comes, they own like an oil or a, Olive, that's what it is, olive oil. Okay. So it's the Wednesday the 13th. It is Wednesday the 13th. <laughs> but they, they own like an an olive tree f like farm. Okay. So they actually have real olives and olive oils that come from Greece and wow. apparently it is incredible. So she's typically there. So we just have a wide variety of vendors and it's kind of cool. And we also have Poppets Coffee, right? So the Poppets is- No. So, oh, sorry. We'll have to, we'll edit this part out. <laughs> so. <laughs> or not and just leave it in there and make actually, fun of us. Actually, no, Poppets, that, we'll speak of that. So Poppets actually is now the second street market in Dayton. Okay. So they went from kind of some of the local markets to basically have a big enough footprint for them to enter into the uh, Dayton second street market. So so we incubated them out of our farmer's market and yeah, into the second street. Absolutely. So. We'll go with that. That's right. So, <laughs> so. but you know, check out Poppets at <laughs> the second street market. <laughs> that's a reminder. Rob should do his research before he says something in on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast. But it's you know it's a little more laid back. This isn't you know, right. you know. the purpose of it. So farmers market food truck rallies are now through October. Yes. Uh, so and we'll do the the second and fourth Tuesday with the food truck rally up until that time. So Correct. certainly check it out downtown. And then the other. Let me. Yeah. Then the first third and fifth Wednesdays, the market is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I know a lot of people ask that question, why would you hold a farmer's market during the middle of the day? Well, a lot of people that come to it are folks that uh, are either uh, off during the mornings right. or they're uh, stay-at-home moms with their kids come. It's really, we try to appeal to people who maybe can't get to a farmer's market at right. Saturday morning or in the evening. Uh, so it's, and it's really been, I think, beneficial. We, we There's a need uh, we're one of the few that I think that happens during the day. So right. it allows people that uh, can get to it. It's It's been a pretty good resource. And it helps out the vendors because typically they'll do weekend markets. 
Right. And so by offering one during the week, it gives them, them another opportunity to to sell and make some money. That's true. There's a lot of competition for Saturday markets around yep. here. We were Ours isn't as old as some of the markets in the region. So uh, we had to pick a day where we think people would show up. Right. So we've, we've been through Farmers. We just finished the July 4th festivities, and it is a festive time in downtown Fairborn on July 4th. Uh, we have some thank yous, I think, to give out. Uh, I'll start with uh, probably the most obvious one is for the committee that puts that together. A lot of folks think that that is a city uh, function, that we do that as a staff and we don't. There is a committed group of volunteers from the community that put that together that do all the fundraising that uh, coordinate with our staff. Yeah. And we'll get to them in a minute because our staff do a lot for this this uh, parade and events downtown. But this committee really throughout the year meets uh, monthly and puts the information together. So kudos to them for uh, another stellar uh, weekend here it in Fairborn. It was good. You know, they handle everything from the July 3rd block party, getting all the vendors set up, getting, um, you know, the applications out and making right. sure that they got people where they need to, to be. And then they run the parade and get all the entries in line and it's just chaos if you've ever been down to the uh, plaza where everybody meets and so yeah kudos to them and the signature signature event really is the parade yeah uh, and this year seemed to be a very large crowd for the parade yeah. um, you and I were kind of whizzing up and down the parade route there towards the <laughs> end and uh, there was a very lot we were probably two and three deep in some areas yeah. along um, Main Street and Central uh, because just just the popularity of the parade has just grown. Yeah, and I think, you know, coming back from, you know, COVID, this is really the this the first kind of full summer that we've had right. where there's not been as big of a, uh, you know, just a danger with the COVID situation. So I think that got a lot of people out. And, sure. um, you know, we heard from a lot of people that were in the parade that it, once you turned on Main Street, it, it kept going all the way uh, almost to Broad Street. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's always good to see people out and about. Yeah. So great weekend. Let's uh, then turn to obviously this. There's a lot of coordination that happens between that volunteer committee and our city staff. Yeah. Uh, the brunt of that goes to our parks recreation staff. So uh, Chris Barker, April Floyd, April Van, yeah, Chris and April. Let's say that <laughs> again. Rob should uh, do some research before he starts talking. Chris and April and the folks in parks do a wonderful job yeah. coordinating that. Uh, we have a lot of resources that we bring to this in terms of our staff that help with blocking off streets, help line up parade people, uh, help clean up when it's all said and done. So Parks and Rec Public Works, uh, integral to the nuts and bolts of it, putting this together, as well as our police and fire. I mean, yeah. uh, we had every available police officer working on July 4th. It's crazy. Uh, and that's difficult because, you know, a lot of folks want to take vacations those days. And, yeah. you know, being down as many officers as we are just because of vacancies that haven't been filled, we had we asked every officer to work that day. and. Uh, we appreciate their uh, ability to do that, and um, I think it it makes our folks feel safer, and I think it helps the parade be better. Yeah, frankly, you know, and just again that comfort level of knowing that they're there is definitely helpful. Yeah, uh, fire the same way. I mean, our folks have to. It, it gets hot out there. Yeah, there are EMS runs, I'm sure, that happen, and then they still have to take care of the city. So both police and fire, they, we have folks dedicated to the parade, but that we still have the rest of the population that maybe isn't there to, to look after. So it, it's a busy weekend. Uh, and then there's the office staff. I know, you know, uh, a lot of the applications for the parade come into our office. Yep. Uh, Penny takes those and uh, does a great job coordinating that with the committee. And it's just, it's a team effort. Um, and it's, it's really a signature event that we put on in Fairborn. Yeah. And then we have, you know, just some of the, the announcers 
that right you know and do all the floats and entries coming through the the middle of the down, downtown that's um rob Dagenhart. see um, yeah. um you're wearing off on me over here and dr mccoskey <laughs> dr mccoskey i always do a great job announcing the the floats and and people uh, we have the fairborn civic band who right. provide the kind of the background music for everyone yep. um, and then mark newman and his uh, crew that kind of record everything and get it on to the standard definition uh, <laughs> channel five <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, if you didn't get a chance to watch that or haven't watched it yet hopefully uh, we'd like to thank our partners at Spectrum for putting that station in standard definition <laughs> because, you know, we're, with the inflation and everything, we don't want to waste all those extra pixels on right. the Channel 5. So <laughs> we really appreciate them being frugal with their pixels on Channel 5. Yeah, and we have to, quote unquote, dumb it down, like dumb the, the f whatever it is. Yes. The bit rate or I don't even know, I'm saying lots of words that I don't understand. Right. But, like we have to dumb it down to put it on spectrum. It just so we record in HD. Everything <laughs> is done in HD, and then we actually run it through a filter of some yeah. sort that so makes it less def defined. I guess, yeah. sir. So thanks to Spectrum for that. Appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for that. So we've had July Fourth. That's really one of our. I kind of treat that as the middle of the summer, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing that happens kind of in the middle of summer, and then now we're gearing up for what I think is our city signature event. Yeah. that's grown the last few years is bluegrass and brew talk a little bit about bluegrass and brew so every day i get an email or a message from somebody asking me how much it costs and where they can get tickets right and these are people that i feel like are coming out of the woodwork um right. they are super excited about the lineup of, of artists we have you got Rhonda vincent in the rage alan bybee in grasstown and then joe mullins uh, and the radio ramblers um and august 5th in downtown from 4 to 10 it's going to be uh, the place to be an all-star lineup this year and, and thanks to joe mullins uh, for really helping us pull that together he yeah. is probably one of the top bluegrass players in the country uh, and really helped leverage some of his contacts to get some folks here and and it, it helps to have somebody that knows the industry and kind of knows the right. schedules because um, when we first met with him and he was talking about hey i think i can help you book some bands apparently there's a bluegrass festival north of us maybe in michigan and then there's one south of us uh, after we're ours. So it makes perfect sense for somebody that may be in Michigan that's traveling south to Kentucky, I believe, yeah. to pass through Fairborn and, and have a stop. So he was able, he knew that. I would have never thought yeah. to look at that and leverage his contacts then to get us this lineup. So we're, we are super excited. Um, it goes from four to 10. Mm -hmm. However, uh, four o'clock, the music doesn't start at four. Right. Uh, we're changing it up a little bit this year. Music doesn't start till six. Yep. Uh, which gives folks time to get home, get settled, work. and get down here, or get here at four to get your seat saved. Because if you get here at six, you may be sitting in uh, at Wright State uh, right, watching yeah, this thing. Right, kidding. So it's it's going to be a huge crowd, huge event. Uh, typical uh, food trucks, uh, beer garden like we normally do. Yep. Layout's going to be a little bit different if you've come in years past. The food trucks are going to be off in a separate area. Talk a little bit about that, Megan. So we kind of tried this out for Friday the 13th. Yep. Um, basically having the entire event in like a one block area. Right. And so all the food trucks are going to be um, behind the former Fifth Third Bank, which is where they typically are for our food truck rallies anyway. Right. And then all the you know beer will be in the beer garden. But it worked out really well to have everything over there because you're, you're kind of then in this entire event 
location. Right. You know, you're not traveling down the street and it, we just kind of lost a little bit of, um, atmospheric, uh, excitement when people were constantly walking down main street and it, it shuts off parking to all those businesses and, um, limits access. And it really stretched the event space. So that kind of made, even though we had a lot of people made it seem like there weren't maybe as many. Right. Uh, if you came to Friday the 13th and were disappointed in the food trucks because there were some seriously long lines, uh, that's not the food truck's fault. That's not really our fault because we had no idea <laughs> we were going to get that response for Friday the 13th. Having said that, we're prepared now for yeah. Bluegrass and Brew. Uh, we're going to pull up here. I'm going to try to fill for a minute while you pull up the list of food trucks. Uh, we've got, I believe it's six food trucks where we had maybe three for the Friday the 13th event. Um, so we're prepared. We're prepared to uh, have more available uh, things so that people maybe don't have to wait in those long lines. So you want to run through that list real quick? Yeah, we have uh, Go Downs Fixins. Nice. That's a new one. That so, sounds good. Yeah, Buckeye Burgers, Christian Brothers Meat Company, East Coast Eats, What the Taco, The Lumpia Queen, and The Wild Banana. Fantastic, which is your personal favorite, right? It is my personal favorite. <laughs> Although I'm really good at spilling the smoothies. Right, so hold, hold on to that smoothie this time. Which is our you won't have to go too. as far, so <laughs> hopefully you can carry it in your hands. I won't. So a wonderful food truck lineup. We have our folks at uh, Heidel, or Bombright as our partner on the beer side yep. uh, with Warped Wing. So we'll have some yeah. Warped Wing craft brew. Um, same exact thing that we did Friday the 13th again. If you're disappointed and think, well, I'm not going to go down there because the lines are too long, please give us another shot. Right. We've learned from our Friday the 13th event. We're hopefully we'll have a little bit more capacity to take on folks because the crowd's going to be huge. Give ourselves more credit, right? I mean, it's just expect the unexpected. Right. right. You know, and some of those things where you expect something to take off and be wildly successful and you're like, man, that kind of fizzled. You're like, well, let's just do a little thing here and it'll, it blew up. So. And we do need to mention uh, Real Roots Radio. Uh, They're kind of one of our bigger sponsors for this event. Um, They're doing a ton of marketing on their side uh, yep. for this, whether it's uh, on their website, on their social media channels, and then on the radio, um, they're running lots of things for us too, so. And they'll have some live spots there. So Greg Gabbard will be there again with some live spots on yep. Root. So yeah, listen to us on the radio because they'll give us some yeah, shout outs. Yeah, awesome. So that's taken up a lot of our time and prepping for Bluegrass and Brew, but there's some other business we wanna talk to you about. Uh, as we've talked last uh, episode, we have some ARPA projects that, yeah. are, that are coming up and we wanna, we had city council approved a list of them. We're gonna dole them out in about two uh, projects per episode. So today we wanna talk about two in particular. One is Memorial Park and the other one is the Fairborn Phoenix or the, the old Fairborn Theater. And what I'll say about those is that the how we chose those projects really had more to do with their reach and how they would uh, uh, benefit the most folks, right. let's say. so. Uh, we'll talk about, we also had some nonprofit and small business uh, grants that we'll talk about later, but uh, we wanted to pick some projects that would be signature projects because this is a pool of money that we probably will never get again. Right. Uh, and it allows us to do some things that we maybe wouldn't be able to fund in other ways. It doesn't uh, put an extra burden on our taxpayers in the form of a levy or any type of other tax. Right. So we chose Memorial Park. And what Memorial Park is, there's a, f- a lot available at the intersection of Hebel and Central that is next to the old Park Hill, Park Hill High School, uh, the old high school. Now the seniors are, see I should do my research before we start these things. <laughs> uh, but I believe it's the Park Hills High School. Um, and so there's been a vacant lot there ever since that school was developed that was owned by the school, school district. We worked out a, a agreement to purchase that from them for a dollar with the idea of creating a memorial park. 
Uh, we have several memorials around town, one of which is in the center of uh, Central and Maine and keeps getting, it's almost like a magnet for vehicles, <laughs> keeps getting hit. Uh, but we also have a Veterans Memorial Committee that's been working on location to put a Veterans Memorial. Mm -hmm. So it seemed right that we would partner with that group, right. allow them to put their Veterans Memorial in our Memorial Park site, and move forward with the remainder of the park as just a Memorial Park. Not specifically for veterans or military, mm -hmm. uh, but there will be a military component to it. So uh, one of the main uh, pushes behind getting this done was, uh, for those of you that knew Alicia Eckhart, she was our Parks and Rec Director for a period of time and in 2020 right before yeah. COVID hit she unexpectedly passed away uh, our parks foundation and our parks rec advisory board did a fundraiser to create a memorial for alicia and so in thinking about what made the most sense to put that memorial uh, it was suggested by a resident mm -hmm. that we create a park uh, and part of the park that's going to be built with this first phase is going to be a memorial to alicia eckhart so yeah. Uh, it's it's a great project. There's a lot of community support for it. Uh, there's a lot of details yet to be decided, uh, but we are putting the uh, preliminary plans together. And if you were on the garden tour that the uh, Osborne uh, Historical Garden folks put together, Garden Club, uh, there was a, a picture showing what the uh, Memorial oh. Park would look like. So Very cool. um, if you've seen it, you know that it's going to be pretty exceptional, and we're looking forward to that, that construction. We can probably add that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Well, hey, I forgot about show notes. Yeah, so show notes will have the uh, the, the proposed uh, design of the park. Fun to talk about. Right. The other one is the uh, Fairborn Phoenix, the, the old Fairborn Theater. That property has never been under the ownership of the city. Uh, so let's, the, the, I think there are some folks that think that the city owns up that uh, theater. We do not. We never did. Um, way back when, there was a uh, Fairborn Theater committee that was put together, and they looked at putting a plan together to, to – build up that theater again or re renovate it. Um, those plans kind of went by the wayside. They incurred some debt on the property that was through our development corporation and ultimately just gave the property to our Fairborn Development Corporation, which is, um, for lack of a better term, our economic development arm, but is not technically part of the, they're part of the city, but not under, not city uh, ran. It's clear as mud. We could take a whole, uh, I could probably take a whole <laughs> episode, talk nothing about the Fairborn Development Corp, but nobody would want to hear that. Right. So uh, just be that as it may, it's it's our economic development arm. So they've owned it for some time and wondered what to do with it. They found a, a very motivated group of younger uh, folks, uh, Chris Morse and Jordan Terrell, who are Fairborn people. Jordan is actually a documentary filmmaker who lives in New York City uh, that has a passion for this. They've taken this project on and have done some really cool events there in a yeah. short amount of time they've had it. So we felt it was uh, appropriate to spend a portion of these dollars on helping them renovate that space mm -hmm. so that they could create uh, another theater, which could be an asset to the community. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited about it. And I think the play for the city and the reason that we would try to do this is we, we like to do some events, we like to do a lot of things mm -hmm. um, downtown we typically can only do those when the weather's warm. Right. So if we want to do anything over the winter time, uh, we really don't have a good place to do that. So uh, hopefully a partnership can be created where we, if we do some winter events, it would be at the Fairborn Theater. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a historical, it's a historical building. You know, it was the first right. structure within the city to actually have the name Fairborn on it. Um, That's right. And not that we're doing it because of that, but I mean, it's it's kind of one of those iconic, you know. And it's where Game the governor works. of Ohio signed the charter for the city of Fairborn. Oh, see, that so could be is, our did you know. It should have been. 
It is on the National Register of Historic Places because of that. Huh. Uh, so it is historic. Um, I know there's some, you know, there's a big debate, at least for the past few years, do we save it? Do we demo it? Right. Um, you know, just like the, the firehouse, I think demolition would be a disservice to the community and what that building meant uh, right. historically. So we decided that uh, these folks are doing a great job trying to resurrect this building yeah. and we want to help them. This, and no, I don't think this will do it all. This certainly isn't going to renovate that space. It's a, probably a multi-million dollar project when it's all said and done. But this will at least help them leverage these dollars for maybe other grant dollars or other fundraising that can maybe get them to that number. So those are the two ARPA projects that we really have uh, going on. The two that we're going to talk about in this episode, there's about five or six more that we're going to talk about in, in future episodes. And I want to just give you some brief idea of what council intends to do with your ARPA dollars. Yep. So uh, we're really excited about that. That leads us to a good segue about construction. Uh, is Maple Avenue finished? Maple, no. <laughs> Megan, is Maple Avenue finished? It is not. It is not. However, I drove by today and they're making some really good progress. Um, starting to see some pavement on the west side, which oh, is the good. side they've been working on. They're pouring a lot more of the concrete for the uh, multi-purpose path on the sidewalk. Multi-purpose get, path even. And they're getting some of the uh, drive approaches built. Oh, so nice. I think within the next month, you will see that work hopefully be done. They will shoot over to the east side and then essentially just tear all of that up and replace it yeah. uh, without all of the uh, infrastructure work they did on the other side. So that side should go much quicker. Uh, we are told, um, wh what's the date? I mean, what's the going date now for? I don't know that there's a number, but September. I okay. think it was August, actually, the last time we did this. And I was told yesterday, September. All right. So the running, we've got many bets here going, <laughs> which I think you've, we've talked about in previous episodes. Which will be done first? I think if we, uh, I'm gonna throw these out to you and you tell me what you think. Which will be done first, the Maple Avenue or the high school? Oh, Maple Avenue. Okay, probably so because the high school's yeah. another year out, right? Okay, how about this? Maple Avenue or Casey's? Oh, we'll I'm, still, talk, I'm still going with Maple Avenue. We'll talk more about Casey's in a minute because I have an update on that. All right, and then the, the one that I think is really gonna be close that if we were to do this could be 50-50, <laughs> Maple Avenue or Dairy Queen? Mm, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. The foundations are in on Dairy Queen, just so you know. Oh, God, I love me some Dairy Queen. Right. So I don't know. I'm I mean, still going to go with Maple, but I think, to be honest, will Maple open before the intermediate opens on September 6th? Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh. That's probably a better bet. Yeah, right. So That'll, not to drag our school district <laughs> friends, but... No. That that's uh yeah they're 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 I know they're nervous about the opening and have yeah. delayed the the start of school because of the intermediate so uh, but I, I think I the intermediate hope, yeah I hope for their sake the intermediate opens first yeah oh I think yeah I, I I guess I was saying like can we get maple done before the intermediate opens w would love that uh, maybe there's a joint ribbon cutting that could happen <laughs> with <laughs> maple and the intermediate school we could just do it all in one fell swoop invite everybody out there and. Do, but yeah, so that's going to be neck and neck, I think. So yeah, I think the intermediate will beat Maple. I think so too, but it may be days. I mean, it may just be days. Be, maybe so the week. Like maybe, week. yeah, maybe. And, you know, just so you know, the, that part of Maple is fixed. It is finished. So it is finished. That's open. You're really talking about the top of the hill of Doris on, but right. where the intermediate school is, that road's been done for a year now. So, right. um, but you wouldn't know it by what it'll probably on. need redone like next year you right? wouldn't know it by what you hear on facebook <laughs> right, right. It's, been, it's been done for a year now so maple avenue is not done hopefully september colonel Glen highway 
Almost have you, done. Have you been out there recently? I have. It looks nice. Landscaping is in. It looks really nice. Uh, the sidewalks and everything look terrific. So yeah. we're only, I think, a week or so, a couple weeks away maybe from that being completely finished. Yeah. Uh, just some grading work. And like if you follow any of the right state pages and like articles, I mean, they're excited about, you know, what it's going to do for their students and how it looks too. So good. They used a technique there on some of the intersections where they, it looks like they've put brick pavers in the streets. Yeah. When actually that's just asphalt. Uh, that they, when they're putting it in, they throw the, the asphalt is hot. Uh, they have a, just a great, like a Are pattern they, they put it? down, they stamp it. <gasps> and then they put a, a piece of machinery over it and it makes that pattern. So, but it looks terrific. It looks like bricks. Do they color it then? They do. That's And then fun. it's colored. So it looks like brick colored. Yeah. It looks like bricks, but it's actually asphalt. So huh. it's a lot less expensive than laying bricks and it's a lot less maintenance over right. time. So uh, it looks really good. So Colonel Glenn is almost finished. We mentioned Casey's. Um, walls flying. are going up as we speak, yeah. right? So it was like a swarm, it's like a swarm of bees on that thing. It's like a beehive because they are literally, it looks like they're on top of each other working. Yeah. Uh, I'm told through our building department that there is a date that was agreed to by all the contractors that that building would be open on October 13th. Oh, wow. So mark October 13th on your calendars. If you want to go to Casey's, Casey's. that's the day that it should be opening. So. Uh, clear your calendars if you want to go to ribbon cutting. Hopefully that's the day. But I'm told that's the day that everybody agreed to when they signed on to build the Casey's. So October 13th. Cool. And if you were betting and bet on Maple Avenue, you probably win that bet. Hopefully we're open yeah. by October 13th. We mentioned Dairy Queen mm -hmm. again, neck and neck. And then the one that's going to planning board next month is a is a uh, another one. It's called Sheets. Yeah. I've never been. You been to a Sheets? I have been to a Sheets. And that they they're good. Like. You know, we briefly talked, we kind of teased it the last episode, right. but I mean, so sheets are in West Virginia and Pennsylvania. They're kind of in that area. I love them. I mean, they've got, it's it's kind of like a, a restaurant convenience store with a gas station. Right. Just there's pumps out there that. So it's as much a food place as it is a place to get gas. Yeah. Like like food on, on demand or a custom order food you can order. Okay. Like sandwiches and pizzas and they got good good pepperoni rolls. So sheets will be uh, hopefully get approved by planning board in August. Uh, so should, I would say probably under construction in the spring of next year. Fingers uh, crossed. Hopefully by this time next year, we're uh, talking about sheets like we are Casey's. Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. And it just so happens that's going to be right across the street from Casey's. So, uh, and people, you know, I think the questions will inevitably come up is why are we getting all these gas stations? Uh, we talked about this the last episode. There's not a lot we can do about that. Right. Uh, property owners have a right to develop their property the way they see fit and there's market driven, mm -hmm. right? So we happen to be bound by 675, 444, yeah. 70 to the north. Uh, it just, and we have right Patterson Air Force Base on our Western border, which is 30,000 plus people every day. So there's a lot of cars coming through Fairborn. What do cars need? Cats yes. and food. And food. So it's just kind of the nature of the beast. What we can do as a community to, to make sure that it doesn't become a burden is make sure that those are built to the best they can be built. Right. So as, and not to, not to open up another folklore, but the rumor about Cracker Barrel, the reason it didn't come here is that we required it to be brick, which is, if you're listening out there, Debbie Manichoni, that's, <laughs> uh, I, I love it when you, when you say something on our Facebook page, I love it. Um, but that's not true. That right. was never, we never got to the point of actually approving a, a Cracker Barrel here. However, 
when you look at sheets and these Casey's building, they are going to be brick. The, mm -hmm. What we can do is to make sure that over time they don't become a burden is to make sure they're built with the best materials, with the best layout. So there's long-term viability there. Right. Uh, and I think our planning board and our planner, Kathleen Riggs, and our uh, building department folks do a great job of ensuring that it's a well-designed, well-laid-out building. Yeah. So. And if you're curious about why Cracker Barrel didn't come, we actually have the letter yes. that they sent on the website. It is on the website. Okay, we can put it in the show. I'm talking out of my head. Yes. Can we put it in the show notes? We can put it in the show okay, notes. Okay, that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's do real quick one thing that we uh, started to do so far is what do you know about Fairborn? Did you know? Did you know? Yeah, these are kind of fun. I'm going to add like a sound effect for did you know. Okay. That'd be fun. Awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about some notable people that are from Fairborn. Now, I, again, didn't do a whole lot of research before we <laughs> unveil this on the podcast, but um, we're going to talk about notable people that are from Fairborn, whether they grew up here or lived here for a period of time, they are uh, notable to Fairborn. How about that? And so looking at the list is Brian Billick. Yeah. Um, if you're a football fan, he Baltimore was head coach Ravens. of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we actually have three astronauts that are claimed in Fairborn. We have... Uh, Roger Chaffee and Gus Grissom, who unfortunately both died in the Apollo 1 fire, uh, but I believe they trained here maybe and were stationed at Wright Pat at one point and lived in Fairborn. And then we actually have Gary, uh, Greg Johnson, who's a NASA astronaut. He's actually from Fairborn. Family's still here. Yeah. Um, so we actually have three astronauts that are uh, that were attributed to Fairborn. Uh, we have Kevin DeWine, who is uh, still in Fairborn. He was the speaker pro tem of the Ohio House. Um, we have J.D. Harmeyer, who's with the Howard Stern Show, oh. uh, which is interesting, right? We have Gary Klein, who's a pioneer in the field of naturalistic decision. Didn't know that was a thing, but okay. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we have author Roger Osborne. We have uh, the founder of MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor. MicroStrategy? MicroStrategy, yes. Huh. We have Mark Turner, who's a jazz saxophonist oh. and a teacher of the Manhattan School of Music. And then we have Jackie Warner, who's an actress in the reality television series, Workout. I never saw that series, I'm not sure if it's new or an 80s thing, but- I don't know that one. But Jackie, thanks for being from Fairborn. <laughs> um, so that's just a, a little bit of a did you know, some notable folks. If you know of other people that aren't listed- I got one. Okay, do so, it. So uh, Robert Balot. That's right. He actually, the book is on the Fairborn mural. Okay. Dark water, uh, That's a touchy subject. I know, and we're going there. Yes. Briefly, All right. But it, the movie Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo, yes, uh, that is about uh, his life. He took on a very uh, high-powered uh, Fortune 500 company took and won down Dupont. Yes, yes. So. it's a really good movie, so I highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, he's from Fairborn. So there you go. Correct. Again, if you guys know of anybody else that you'd like to let us know, please email us info at fairbornoh.gov, yep. and we would add it to the next episode. We'd love to hear more from you. I know we have, is it 44 followers? We do. Which is crazy, like that's viral, right? It, for us. I mean, right? Yeah. For what we normally do, that's like 44 <laughs> times what we normally get, right? The fact that 44 people subscribe to listen to us, I mean, that's impressive. And it's not my parents, yeah. <laughs> right? No, so no, it's not it's mine not, Yeah, it's not like it's our family and friends that are down. So thanks for those that download this. Uh, but if you know folks that are, are from Fairborn that we can add the list, please do that and let us know. Uh, that follows into, well, while we're talking about uh, signing up for things, um, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking at the beginning is we have a program, uh, now that we're in kind of the area of severe weather, yeah. we have a program people can sign up for. Talk a little bit about what that program. So it's called HyperReach, and you can sign up via our website. In fact, I actually just posted something today on Wednesday, 
July 13th about hyperreach. Okay. But it's a way for uh, us to communicate with citizens for emergency purposes. Um, and it's not just for so we, severe weather. We use it when we have missing uh, individuals, um, when we have water boil advisories. Uh, we can either send a mass notification to uh, everybody a part of it, or we can actually kind of pinpoint certain areas, especially uh, our police department uses this for missing children, okay. missing individuals. Um, it's a really good program. Uh, it's free to sign up. If you have a landline phone, you're automatically uh, a part of it. So oh, great. Okay. it will call you uh, for a notification of anything. Um, but if you don't have landline, like we don't have one, we don't have right. a landline phone. So we've signed up via our uh, cell phones uh, or you can get it via uh, an email address. Okay. So you can either get multiple ways, but I highly recommend signing up for it just so you're aware of all the weather, weather notifications. So like two years ago when our uh, neighbors in Beaver Creek had the tornado come through, uh, I believe they used a system like that to notify yep. folks. And it's great just to, you know, a lot of folks don't, we struggle with this, don't know where to get their information right or don't have a good place to get it. Um, this is one that comes right to your phone. Yep. Um, and it's a great way that we can get a mass message out quickly. Yeah. Um, hopefully we never have to use it. So if you see a hyperreach message come through, pick up the phone, please. Yeah. Because it's typically something important. Um, and so that's a that's a program that I think is has been very good and, and I think we've only had to use a handful of times that I remember. Yeah, and we, we try to make sure that we only use it for emergency purposes. Right. During COVID, we used it a couple of times um, for various things pertaining to COVID. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those, you want to keep it for emergency so that when it is an emergency, people answer the phone, answer the phone sure. or look at their message. Um, you know, so just know that it's not used often for communication purposes unless it's absolutely necessary. And we don't sell your phone number. We don't do anything with it. Like we don't, right. it just resides in our hyperread system. I don't even think we can access directly anyone unless we are sending them a message. So um, if you have, um, you know, if you're worried about uh, somebody getting that information, it's pretty secure. We, we don't get, we don't give it out. We don't yep. do anything with it. So please sign up for hyperreach. Uh, you mentioned COVID. I will uh, just give folks an update. If you have to go and interact with our February municipal courts, um, as you know, Greene County has gone to the highest level in terms of COVID infection, oh, uh, which is the orange level, I believe. Um, just recently, I believe it was yesterday. Because of that, our uh, Judge Capelli has uh, put a mask mandate uh, in the court. So if you have any business at the courts, you show up at the courts, you're required to wear a mask uh, and uh, just as a way to interact with them uh, just to be safe. And they get a lot of folks from all over the county. So um, it makes sense. They get a lot of folks that are there. Um, so if you happen to have to go to the court for any reason, just remember to wear a mask. Um, let me talk a little bit about the, the city's policy. Now, the courts are separate from the city. Judge Capelli runs the court. Um, it is the Fairborn Municipal Court, however, that's her court, and she sets the rules and administers that. Um, with regard to the city facilities, we're going to hold off on a mask mandate for the time being, um, and not really because uh, of any in particular reason other than, you know, I think our council has bought into the philosophy that folks have had every opportunity to get vaccinated. Right. Um, while we are trying to minimize the folks that get the infection, uh, we certainly recommend that folks who feel the need, please wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it's where uh, maybe it's just uh, some bad memories of when we were two years ago in 2020, going through the shutdown and all that. And um, you know, I think people are mature enough to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, it's 
probably not something that we're going to adopt unless we get just some crazy number right. uh, and something extraordinary happens. So uh, not looking to do any type of mass mandate at the city facilities. Uh, we remain 100% open like we have been for the last uh, couple, year and a half. Yeah. So just want to put that out there. Before we go, we started a, a, a topic last time. Segment. A segment. I like that's a better yeah. word, a segment. Uh, it's called the social media meltdown. And, you know, we get a lot of comments on social media. There's a couple folks that comment a lot, a couple uh, web, a couple pages that post a lot about our stuff. Uh, we love it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's great, really, because, uh, you know, it's in one case, it's entertaining. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it kind of helps to uh, let us know what's going on, what some folks are thinking. Right. So we see things before they really happen, it's just, which has been good. Um, so, you know, we certainly appreciate folks that feel the need to post about us on social media. And, and you know, I, I don't want people to think they can't criticize things, right? right. I mean, of course, because we don't, we don't always want to hear all the good stuff because there are elements of truth in those criticisms. So, you know, when you see an issue or you have a, a criticism, yeah. it, it's okay. You're, you're allowed to do uh, that 100%. and you're allowed to speak it. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. And I will readily admit that I'm a goof. I'm a slob and I'm a putz. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I've been called all those things on and I don't deny any of them. So, it doesn't bother me. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, uh, I haven't called a teenager. Um, I was a teenager, right. But I'm not anymore. I mean, I might act like one sometimes, but right. I mean, you know, we've, you know, we have fun around here. So if that's being a teacher, that's I one suppose. thing, but age wise know, though, I'm not. <laughs> and I haven't been for a while. <laughs> right, you know. So, uh, but anyway, we started a segment called social media meltdown. Uh, last time we talked about, um, I forget what we talked about last time. Oh, the plaza. Oh yeah, the Fairburn Plaza and the the paving of the or the re restriping of the parking lot. Yep. This time we have parks related things, and this isn't really a meltdown. It was just something that was brought up on social right. media. I think uh, we probably ought to address here and let people know. Uh, one is uh, restrooms at uh, Central, Park. Central Park. Talk about restrooms at Central Park, Megan. So uh, for the like kind of beginning of the summer slash end of the spring, uh, it seemed it was almost nightly that those bathrooms were destroyed right um vandalized trashed set, set on, on fire. fire yeah set on fire uh, i mean things have been broken in there and so and, and kind of an effort for our park staff uh i mean it's just a continual process they'd go in and they'd fix something and then you know within a couple of days it'd be broken again so they decided that they're just going to close them right and keep them closed until uh, we can get everything fixed and Hopefully the people who do that next year won't do that. Now, there are portable restrooms at Central Park. There if are. you need one, there's certainly one there. Uh, we certainly aren't closing them as in any punitive way uh, to punish anyone. They really are uh, inoperable and can't be used. Correct. So we close them for the season primarily because we don't have the manpower really to continue to do everything we do in the parks, do all the events, and fix this bathroom. Like almost, so, yeah, weekly. I mean, it was a weekly issue right. that we yeah. were having this. You wouldn't think that a bathroom would catch fire and burn, <laughs> I know, I don't uh, but know. it did. I mean, you know, so <laughs> we, <laughs> that's a problem. I feel like we learn new things right. all the time. That's right. So we have some industrious youth in, uh, in Fairborn. <laughs> so that's one issue. So the, and, and we've closed them. They've been closed for a while. So if you see that they're closed, we apologize for that. Um, we want you still to enjoy the splash pad. And uh, given the heat wave we've had the last few weeks, I've noticed a lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, the portable, portable restrooms, um, should be maintained pretty regularly. I know we get them cleaned frequently, so yeah. uh, they should be in good shape. If you see any issues, say something. We please are not trying to 
uh, in, in any way. You know, we want it to be nice as it right. possibly can be, as nice as a portable restroom could be. Yeah. Um, so please let us know. The other one is we had some, we, we have ongoing vandalism at Oaks Quarry Park. Um, yeah. Talk about the question that came up about Oaks Quarry. So there was, uh, there's frequently uh, questions about the graffiti. Right. Um, you know, bored individuals go out and graffiti the rocks all the time. Right. And we had one where some signs were damaged right. um, towards the back end where the fossil dig area is. Right. And, you know, the question has always been, you know, why do we not fix these things kind of almost immediately? Sure. And A, we don't have the manpower right. to do that. B, Oaks Quarry is huge. It is. And so we just don't always see it. Right. Um, so if, if you see that kind of stuff, uh, just send us an email or call us. Right. Um, it, I get why we post on social media, you know, hoping that, you know, we'll see it or maybe just to vent or be frustrated. But you know, the best way to announce that kind of stuff is just to let us know. And I think the, the post that was made wasn't necessarily angry or in a negative no, way. No, it was more, I think there were the, I forget the name of the, the person who posted, had some suggestions on things we could do. We certainly want to hear those. So Absolutely. Um, info at gov. If you're listening to this podcast, please send that in. Or if you know who made the post, um, you're right. I mean, it's a large park. Uh, we don't have park rangers like uh, the county parks do. Our park staff are uh, do the best they can in maintaining the park. The good thing about Oaks Quarry is it does not require a lot of maintenance because right. it's not like grass is growing and we're cutting grass all the time. It's really an old quarry, so um, it probably gets the least maintenance of any of our parks. Yeah. So um, good or bad, our folks aren't there as often as they are in Community Park and the other ones where they're actually doing more daily maintenance. So they don't see things right. frequently. So you're right. I mean, it's if they don't see it, they can't fix it. Yeah, it's kind of the, you know, the see something, say something kind of right. mentality. And that goes for any of our, our parks, any of the, you know, city places that, you know, if you see something, uh, just say something to us. It's not, you know, you yeah. can message us on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, you can shoot us an email, um, you know, and we can forward that to people that will be able to take care of it. But if we don't know about it, it's hard to fix it. And something like that, where you're actually replacing a bunch of signs is going to take some time to fix. Right. Um, and you know, Apologize for getting as bad as it did. I mean, it's, you know, as some industrious folks can tear things up pretty quickly. So I don't know if that uh, deteriorated as badly over a series of days or weeks or uh, months, but, uh, and some of those areas in Oak Square are kind of remote. So uh, unless you're walking some of those upper paths and in those areas uh, every day, something could turn very bad very quickly. Right. So uh, that's the social media, I won't call that a meltdown. No. Social media mishap. Um, trying to keep with an M, social media, mm, what, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, social media, whatever. Um, so that's, that's the one for this episode. Well, I'm sure there'll be another uh, social media meltdown that'll come up soon that we can talk about. Can. Um, a lot of things that are happening. So I'm sure uh, mm. one of our uh, frequent posters will put something out there about us. So we can <laughs> hopefully address that. So we've talked about a lot today. It's been a, a about 45 minutes here, which is a little bit long for us. It is. And I'm sorry that I talk the most because I have the worst voice of the two of us. Oh, whatever. So you're much more pleasant to listen to. So. Well, thanks. Uh, but I appreciate you. I wouldn't you. go that far. But. Uh, I appreciate you helping out. Uh, again, to the 44 people who follow us, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, you're rock stars. Uh, tell your friends and neighbors. Uh, we And if you have ideas for uh, things you want to hear on the podcast, if you have a, 
Uh, we'd like to get to the point where we start highlighting some of our businesses, some mm -hmm. of our small businesses that are here. Um, if you have uh, things that you think we should talk about, um, you know, we talked last time about our summer jams. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's shift uh, let's shift a little bit. Almost let's shift that. I don't want people to think I was going to say a bad word. Let's shift that a little bit and talk about like um, you know it's it's concert season, right? So we've got concerts happening downtown. Yeah. Concerts happening all around us. Um, what's the best concert you've ever been to? I'm oh, put you on the spot. Ever. Ever. Mm. And it, well, okay. Let's do let's do two. Let's we'll give you two because. I don't know how many concerts you've been to. Maybe it's been a thousand. I have not been so, to a thousand. So, what? Um, what's your or answer this or what's your favorite band to see live? So, uh, man, that's a tough one. And I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. You we had no, no idea we were going to talk you about did. this. I'm just so not pull an, this out of my ear. I'm not an extrovert that thinks quickly. Um, <laughs> so, I would probably say that the Dave Matthews Band concert that I went to. I've been. I seen it twice. Um, in concert at Riverbend. Yeah. He was pretty amazing. Puts on a good show. Uh, but yeah. And then before we worked together, we were at the same Dave Matthews concert. We were, right? which is crazy. 2014. I think so, yeah. Riverbend. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. So concert. it's a big place, right? So. It is a very big place. I'm trying to think if there were any other. I'm a, I'm a church girl, so there's lots of churchy concerts yeah. I've been to. That's but, great. But yeah, DC Talk used to put on a good concert, but they're no longer together. Okay. Yeah, so I mean it's good. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't and, get out much. And I've come to appreciate live music more as I, the older I get, really. And the more that we do these events downtown, to hear some of the bands that we bring in play live, or just it's incredible, yeah. right? There's nothing better in my mind than sitting outside in the open air, in a chair on the sidewalk on a balcony, listening to music and having a beverage. Yeah, when right. I was a kid, we used to go to the uh, Columbus Pops, okay, with the Columbus Symphony Orchestra, yeah. and nice. we'd always do like. Uh, they did like a 4th of July, yep. you know, kind of something in the park or, you know, pops in the park. Yeah. Fantastic. I still, you know, love, love to do that kind of stuff. So fantastic. So, um, so you're Dave Matthews and then, yeah, the, I love symphonies and orchestras and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Me too. Like that. I got a wide range of musical uh, and I'm a secret jazz fan. I, love I don't jazz. know how secret it is. I'm a jazz fan. I'll say that. I love jazz. <laughs> so I'd have to say that the two, two of the better, uh, shows I've seen, and this is, I'm going to dig deep in the archive here. Um, when I was in college, uh, which would have been 1992, I believe. I was 12. Um, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, we, <laughs> so, okay, I got off there. That, that, that threw me a bit. So what'd you give for asking me a question? So when you were 12, I went to a concert. <laughs> I, I co-opted for the, uh, the state of Massachusetts in Boston and happened to at the time with my roommate, uh, Andy Thompson. Andy, if you happen to listen to this, hi, hey buddy. Um, we're just a couple kids from Xenia that got jobs up in co-op through the University of Cincinnati in Boston. Um, they, at the time, Brian Adams did a concert for Walden Pond. Uh, Walden Pond, the famous book by yeah. Henry David Thoreau. Um, Walden Pond was a physical place and there was seeing a lot of pressure from development. So they held a series of concerts, I think a couple, two or three years in a row hmm. to save Walden Pond. Uh, and we happened to be up there when the concert was going on. And I'm a big... Uh, the Police are one of my favorite bands oh, yeah. of all time. So I love the Police and Sting. Sting had to be playing in this concert. It was one of those, it was like a festival type thing where multiple uh. people play throughout the day and you come and, you know, sit all day. And I forget where it was. It was maybe in Foxborough Stadium. So oh, it, was, wow. it was, you know, in a pretty large venue. Um, and I'll say that's probably the best show I've ever seen. And the band that I 
had no intention of ever seeing or even liking up to that point. That was probably the best show was Aerosmith. Oh, wow. They were terrific. Now, Steven Tyler was 40 years younger then, right? Right. But be the, uh, it was terrific. And so that's the best band I've ever seen live. It's got to be Aerosmith at huh. the Walden Pond. I'm a huge uh, Pearl Jam fan now. Oh, yeah. And so uh, going to see them at Wrigley Field uh, oh, in 2016 uh, was terrific. That's probably one of the best shows I've, I've ever seen. Unfortunately, it rained, so they cut the, the show yeah, a little shorter. But that, that venue and that atmosphere was terrific. So those are my two. Um, email us. Let us know. Who's your favorite band to see yeah. live? Who do you like to go see? Uh, what's the best show you've ever seen? We, Maybe we can get them here. We want to make this interactive, right? <laughs> Probably we have our not, 75th anniversary coming oh, up in 2025. Hmm, Maybe we'll know. do something major. Um, so, yeah, let us know. Who's your favorite band to see live? Who's your summer jam? Uh, we'll try to come up with something music-related um, yeah. next time. Uh, so practice whatever musical instrument you can play, maybe. We'll oh, here. I got a, we got a banjo uh, over in the corner. So maybe we'll strum on that thing next time. Uh, it'll be appropriate because we'll have one more it, of these before bluegrass and brew. It'll be. So. I have to add two more strings. It needs completely restrung. So. I'll figure that you out. You have two weeks. Two weeks. All right. <laughs> all right. So that's it for the rumor has it. Uh, appreciate you listening. Please pass the word. Follow us on our socials uh, at City of Fairborn on, let me run through these, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok even, mm-hmm. which is crazy. YouTube. Uh, shout out to Emily who does our TikTok. Cause Snapchat. Snapchat and YouTube. Sorry, I'm not trying to cut off any of our social medias. So we're all on, we're on all the platforms. So follow us, um, and we will hopefully see you in two weeks. Yeah. Thanks, Megan. Appreciate it. No problem. Let me start our music. Oh, yeah, our non-dubstep. Yeah.